Henry's Christmas Cracker on News Talk. You're very welcome to Henry's Christmas Cracker. I'm Henry McKean, and we're here for the next two hours. Merry Christmas. I hope your Christmas is going well, wherever you're listening, at home or abroad. And a shout out to all of you. Coming up on this special Christmas Day program, we attempt to break the world record for the most amount of Christmas crackers pulled. Daniel O'Donnell gets Christmassy from Donny Gall. Never McGuire gives his top tips for getting the Christmas dinner right. And Home Alone, lost in New York, turns 30. But first, we're joined by a very special guest. I've got Mr. C in front of me, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Saint Nick. How are you? Ho, ho, ho! Oh, I'm, I'm wonderful, Henry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm wonderful. Well, I want to ask you, Santa, you must be tired. I mean, it's, you know, morning. It's Christmas morning. You've gone around the world. You've got through this difficult few years with the pandemic and you've still managed to deliver. How are you feeling? Well, I, I, I have to be honest. I am tired, Henry. You know, it's been a long year, not just one day, you know, to build up to it, getting all the toys ready, meeting all the good boys and girls around the world, and then logistics, you know, it takes a long time to work, and making sure all the elves have everything and Mrs. Claus is looking after. So it's been a busy, busy year, and we have more and more good children every year until there's more toys and more gifts. But you know what? The day itself, I have so much energy, Henry. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and Santa, there's someone at home. Um, they were a bit disappointed. They wanted to get a digger. They wanted to dig it with a crane. And they also wanted a hole, a digger with a hole. And Santa didn't bring it. And what do I say to the child? Well, you see, Henry, all I can do is do my best. You see, sometimes I would have the gift, sometimes I may not, but I will always do my best to get something that I know the child really, really wants in their heart. And sometimes they might ask for something, but in reality, the elves tell me what they really want is something else. And in time, they'll say, actually, Santa was right. <laughs> and Santa, I'm going to ask you about the elf on the shelf. I mean, yes. these have been a phenomenon. And for oh, yes. you, how helpful are the elves keeping an eye on the kids? Oh, oh, they're vital. Well, you see, I have a large network, you see. I've always had the elves, you see. But they, they used to be hidden for years. And now people are happy to have them around. Now, some of them can be terribly naughty. <laughs> well, this but, is it. They can do really naughty things. Oh, oh, don't I? Well, it's one of the reasons why I get them out of the North Pole, because as you can imagine, that naughtiness at the North Pole, that's the last thing we need. <laughs> But uh, you see, I, they, they, they send messages back and they tell me that, you know, the children have been good or maybe they've been naughty. And, you know, and then they would they would they would advise me. And you see, I also have my network of robins. I mean, do you have a robin in your garden? I do have a robin. Yes. There you go. You he see, the robins, the robins keep an eye, too. And really? they tell me as well. Oh, I have many. And then teachers and I have many people who who inform and let me know and tell me all the good boys and girls. And as I say, there is more and more every year. The boys and girls, Henry, you wouldn't you wouldn't realize how many good boys and girls there are out there. And how are you feeling? And how do you do it? Obviously, some people live in apartments. Uh, some people are perhaps struggling. Others have the full fire going. How do you get down the chimney? How do you magically get around? Well, you use the word, Henry. It's magic. Oh, of course, magic it is. is a wonderful thing. Magic is magic is everything. 
Magic is life, you see. And and uh, you see, when it comes to people ask mm. me that about apartments, you see, yeah. there is the tradition of me coming down a chimney because most people had chimneys and that was the easiest way into a house, yeah. you see. But but there was always houses that maybe the fire was on or or they didn't have a chimney. And, and now in the modern world, and you know, I have to get used to the modern world, there's children who live in apartments and, and all different variety of things. But you see, I have magic when it comes... I don't want to give away too much, but you, Henry, you're here, and I'll tell you, I'll tell oh, you. Oh, go on, Santa, tell now me. You're going to, oh, you're going to hear. Now, I've got magic dust, you see. Magic and, dust? Oh, magic dust. And I sprinkle a bit of magic dust just by the door, and then I can slip under the door. That's how I do it. And I actually got to meet you. I have a confession to make. I got to meet you um, only uh, twice or three times in my lifetime. I met you in the desert. Uh, well, I didn't get to meet you. I saw you on a on a bike, on an actual motorbike, going over sand dunes in Kuwait in about 1981. But I did last year, believe it or not. I, obviously, you meet millions of people, but I got to see you up in the North Pole, and it was snowing, and I got to meet your elves and see your workshop, and it was just so magical and amazing. And but today is, you know, this is this is your you could say your first day off in quite a while. How? Does Santa actually celebrate Christmas Christmas Day? Well, I, I think similar to many other people, Henry, you know. Well, I get up in the morning. It's, it's uh, Well, really, I, I probably get back very early hours of the morning, you see. By the time I return, I finish my last down in Terra del Fuego is my the last of my deliveries, oh. you see. So I do it that way. I start in the Marshall Islands. Yes. You see, you, you know where they are. They're near Remind New Zealand. Us. That's so where you start. Okay, that's where course, I start, you course. see. And then it's New Zealand, then into Australia, then into, into Southeast Asia, then across. And then I, then I have to go into Africa, then back into Europe. Then I finish in Ireland. And I have to say, last year, Ireland took me so long. It did. did because there's so many good boys and girls here. Oh, oh, I was, I would seem to be forever in Ireland. And then from Ireland, I, I drop into Greenland. Now, there's not a lot of yes. people there, so that doesn't take too long. Then Canada, then America, and then all the way down, and I finish in Terra del Fuego. Wow, so you're yes, busy. Yes, yes, yes. And through the pandemic, you did a lot of Zoom calls, but you yes. could say you were the original internet because the internet does what you've been doing always, which was delivering uh, very quickly all at once, um, I suppose the, the delivery people do it every day, but you do it once a year. You know, in a way, you shared your magic, didn't you? Well, indeed, yes. It, it, it's similar. Uh, uh, some of the logistic companies have tried to contact me that in the have. past mm. because they're saying, you know, how can you get all of that, those, so many gifts around the world in one day? But you see, I, I have the advantage of having magic. And that's well, the difference. Yes, see. And, and that's do, what makes the difference. Henry. You know, do, can you give me some of that that magic, some of that dust? Well, magic I dust? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, Henry, <laughs> if I gave that away to everybody who asked, I'd have none left. Well, th th this is it. And I want to ask you about you. What message do you have for the world? And what do you want to say? When people, when, when, when they grow up. They forget to be children, adults. And children have a beauty and, and, a, and a spirit and an honesty and, and a love. And if we could carry that into adulthood, I think it would be a wonderful thing. So you want adults there to keep that magic of childhood in their hearts? I think so. And I think the most creative, the most wonderful people are people who keep that essence of childhood. Because isn't it a wonderful thing? 
It is a beautiful thing. And it's the thing that gets me up in the morning. It's the thing that gets me working all year and all the elves because of those children. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Santa, I know you're you're absolutely exhausted. And after this, you, you will perhaps get a sleep in. Yes. Will you have a Christmas dinner? Yes. Will, will you celebrate or will you just crash and maybe watch a bit of Netflix? No, no, no. Well, you see, I enjoy a bit of cooking. Mm-hmm. You, that. you do? I, oh, I do, I do. Mrs. Claus looks after the desserts and things, you see. She does a very good trifle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Does she? Oh, 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 can oh, you give us the It's recipe? legendary. I, 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 I'll, have to, I'll have to ask her to send it because it's a family recipe going back 265 years, I think. Well, you see, I, I love a bit of cooking. So even though I'm tired, I'd enjoy it. I'd put on the turkey. I'll, I'll uh, put on the ham. We love turkey and ham, you see. And then all the trimmings, we'll have roasties and mash and we'd have uh, mince. Oh, you, oh, 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 you name it, we have it. Because, of course, I have to feed all the elves as well. 2,685 elves. Wow. So yes, that's yes, a yes, massive yes. undertaking. It is It is a lot. It is a lot. But I enjoy it. And, and then what I do is I put all that on. And then you know what I do? I go out for a lovely walk in the air at the North Pole. I go out. I get the fresh air. And, you know, and I love that. And we all go out. We get some fresh air. And we love it. And then when we come back, all the cooking is done. And we're all, oh, well, I tell you, we're hungry then. Oh, yes, we are. And, you, and so we tuck into the dinner. And I have to admit... There's many a Christmas movie. I sit down and watch an old movie, and the elves have told me that I've seen the first five minutes and the last five minutes. You know, <laughs> and this is it because I, I might nod off. <laughs> and obviously, you've been busy with with all those movies in Hollywood. I don't know how how you have the time for well, for I, everyone. I, I am. Would you believe you're a star? I've as been well. in more movies than anybody else. Really? In the history even of more Hollywood. than George Clooney? Or even more than George Clooney. Really? He, well, he's growing that beard. I yeah. notice he's trying to get a gig. He, well, he, he's, I see that. He's, he's moving in on... on he is, he is. He's doing that great thing, you know. Oh, Santa, I could, I'd keep, I could keep you here all day. I, I want to ask you, I, I suppose, you know, earlier uh, and, you know, during the year, I've, I've met quite a few uh, children from Ukraine and, and yes. sometimes they're with their mummies here, but their, their daddies are, uh, are back there in in the war, what is your message for kids out there that perhaps aren't getting the gifts and are going through a hard time? Well, you know, it puts a tear to my eye, it does, Henry. And you know, there's there's things happening all over the world and Ukraine, and we could we could take here and mention them all. There's things happening, but all we can do is, if all the good boys and girls out there have a little thought for those other kids, you know, and I'm doing my best. I'm trying to get around to them and I'm trying to get, even if it's something small to them, you know, something small to say, you know, we're thinking of you. And maybe if the good boys and girls out there think of them as well. And I think that would be a wonderful thing. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for coming in Christmas morning. Santa Claus, Mr. C, Father Christmas. Thank you from everyone at Newstalk. Henry, you are so welcome. And may I just say, I checked earlier, you're on the good list. Am I? You are. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. You're listening to Henry's Christmas Cracker, and we're here for the next two hours. Now, we're going to talk to people about their Christmas morning routines. Everyone has a kind of different routine on Christmas morning. What do they get up to? And how does their Christmas day progress? I met these people. Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh from Kavanagh Christmas Trees. Neve, um, we're surrounded by Christmas trees. We've got hundreds and hundreds. You grow them all year round up there in the Wicklow Mountains. For you, what does Christmas Day mean 
after all this work and all this Christmas sales? Christmas is a day for us to all relax and sit up and put our feet up and I get busy cooking the dinner and my dad chills out after all the hard work after the busy season. So on average um, a six or seven foot tree would be approximately eight to nine years old so it's a long time growing in the fields and a lot of hard work. And how are your tiredness levels? Tiredness, very tired, but you do be glad. We can't complain, it's very busy, so it's it's good to see it. So you just kind of sleep through Christmas Day? That's it, sleep till January, and then we all we start out in the fields again working non-stop, so. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Happy Christmas to you. Christmas dinner is gonna be a right roistering feast. Brothers are coming over, mother will be there. Father sadly passed. We'll be doing the traditional Christmas ham and turkey. We never do starters, waste of time, waste of stomach space, I say. Um, and dessert will be hopefully an excellent tiramisu. I actually start preparing the rest of it in portions, piece so by piece. You're do you know what I mean? basically doing Christmas dinner for most of the day. For at least three to four hours. When do you get to switch off? When do you get to enjoy Christmas? And what do you watch when on I the telly? When I actually put the dinner on the table, that's me finished and everyone else can clean up. They clean up? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You don't clean up? <laughs> no, I just organise. I get up and I put my turkey on and I prepare everything for the day and then I sit down around lunchtime before the big dinner and I'll have a nice gin and tonic. So G and T at about midday? About one o'clock, yeah. One o'clock? Yeah. Just the one? Oh, just the one till after dinner. <laughs> okay, over the past few years I've been going for a swim Christmas morning. Where? Yeah, out in Hoth. Oh, lovely. Uh, and Clontarf sometimes and down at the Dinghy Club in Sutton and it is like... I hate to say it, it's like mainlining heroin. So, so it's Baltic. I mean, why do you it do it? I mean, is Baltic. that left over from the pandemic, swimming on Christmas no, morning? No, I, I did it a couple of years prior to the pandemic, but it's, it is, you just feel so alive for the rest of the day. It's quite extraordinary so how you feel. Christmas morning swim and then yeah, what? Yeah, uh, back for a big breakfast. Well, there's a lot of people down there. It's a great atmosphere. It's a really good start to the day. And then after that, it's a quick breakfast and off to either of these uh, houses here for an <laughs> unbelievable Christmas lunch. So, yeah, so we, it goes around the houses, the Christmas lunch. So you girls yeah. do the lunch and tell we're us, sisters. you're all related. Yeah, we're, yeah, sisters. we're sisters. We're sisters. sisters. Yeah. 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 We're the Colgan sisters. I'm the, I'm the baby. <laughs> you're the baby and you do lunch. Uh, I haven't done it for a while. <laughs> I did it. Does. Oh my goodness, I've been doing it uh, the last few years, but COVID kind of interrupted all of that. And now we're individually doing lunch um, this, this year. So we're all Which is great. Christmas lunch today. Yeah. Together. Well, happy Christmas. Yeah, very same you. to you. Many Thanks happy so much. Yeah. It's wonderful to talk to you. Christmas Day, um, you know, with the alcohol industry, you have to first of all start off with an Irish coffee. Really? Yeah, when you get to an age, <laughs> when you get to a certain age with no kids. You work for a vodka brand? I do work for an Irish vodka brand, uh, Isla 38, yeah, so obviously. So it's a build up all the way to Christmas and then you can finally switch off? Exactly, yeah, so it's the busiest time of year for bars and the alcohol industry, so, and uh, obviously with the terrible Christmas last year, you have to make the most of this one. So you're making hay? Exactly. And then yeah. switching off? Yes, exactly, yeah. Get up with the kids. They're probably after waking up at about five o'clock, so just waiting for them to. So they wake up. Santa's been. Yeah, trying to get the moment right when they come downstairs and they're opening their presents, and uh, then it's just kind of off to relatives. Get a fry, Irish fry going, that so kind of thing. So five a.m. start for you? Probably because that's how excited they'll be that they'll be up that early. So yeah. you just got to get through. Yeah, just got to get through. Yeah. Right. You're Brazilian. You do 
Christmas differently? Tell us. Yeah, we started like midnight, before midnight actually. We started like on 24 of December. So and that's we, your Christmas? Yeah, and then we spent like 24 and 25 with family and friends drinking and eating a lot. <laughs> so it's a 48 hour party? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We get up. I normally have to wait for the grown-ups to get up. Santa still comes. Uh, to my adult children. Really? Yes, Santa's he does. great, isn't he? Santa's marvellous. Getting more expensive as the years go on. As 31 and 36, they need a little bit more. But I normally have to wait for them to come down uh, from their beds. And then we ha- open up all our presents. And then we have a lovely family breakfast together. That's our Christmas morning. Happy Christmas. You too. <laughs> Your daughter usually does the fry. You family get together then for dinner. Um, I think it's different um, from when I was a child to now um, because uh, I mean it's still kind of similar but like waking up and opening presents and seeing where the Santa's been. Is it still magical? Yeah, yeah well Christmas is magical Um, and like Christmas dinner, just waking up and... And do you have it at home or have you moved out of home? uh, At home still, yeah. Still with your folks? Mm Mm-hmm. And how do you celebrate Christmas? Um, I still, me and my sister, it's the only time me and my sister are at home together. Um, she lives in London now, so me and my sister are going to sit in my parents' bed, open our presents, and... You sit in uh, your parents' bed? How old are you? I'm 20 and she's 23. <laughs> you're still big children at heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we both still have stockings. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, me and my brother, um, before we wake up our parents, we would always um, go to each other's rooms to open up our stockings, um, before the main presents. <laughs> Yeah, get up, uh, go to church for nine o'clock. So you go to church on Christmas morning, you make that effort? Yeah, I do. And then I come home and we have breakfast and then we open our prezzies and then we start getting the dinner ready. And then we have like a big party, neighbours and... You have the neighbours over too? Yeah. Yeah. get on with your neighbours? Yeah. And uh, then sit down for dinner and then die of death. (laughs) So you're exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. And you do most of it, are you? I do it all. Mrs. Christmas, you do it all? I do it all, yeah. Do you want some help? Uh, sometimes, yeah. So the <laughs> men, you'd love if they'd helped a bit more? Yeah, definitely. First thing I'd do, I suppose, would be to get up, stick on the coffee, uh, feed all the cats. We have seven cats. Seven cats? Five outdoor. We built onto the side of the house for the five cats outside. Five outdoor cats? And two indoor, yeah. And uh, we would, I suppose, just turn on the lights and sit down and just kind of give each other our presents. And then... Um, and do the cats know, the seven cats, do they know it's Christmas? Uh, I'd like to think so. Do they, do they get <laughs> stockings from Santa? They do, yeah, they're under the tree already. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's what we do. And then we have uh, uh, Joe's two daughters over and we'd open presents with them, swap presents. And then uh, we go up to my parents, because uh, they're elderly, to have Christmas dinner and spend the rest of the day with them. So it's busy? Very busy. Yeah. Very extremely busy. But we wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you a real plot twist. I'm Jewish. So I wake up Christmas morning and I love it because I'm like, oh, it's Christmas morning and I'll go back to sleep and I'll wake up and I'll watch some TV shows and I'm Jewish, so we eat Chinese food on Christmas. And that's traditional amongst the Jewish community to have Chinese food or just your family? Um, I mean, it's a Jewish stereotype and I love it and it's part of my Christmas tradition. But I do like celebrating Christmas. I go and I see some friends and we eat and it's always a good time. And when is Hanukkah? Different every year, but this year it actually goes through Christmas. So that'll be fun to celebrate as well. So what's the best way of saying to you, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah? I don't know. I feel like the Jewish community, including me and my friend, 
we're very open. So people are like, what are you doing for Christmas? And we're like, well, we still love Christmas. But I think just saying to someone happy holidays is a great way to be inclusive to everyone. So, so many different routines from people there. Christmas morning, everyone's doing something a little bit different. And thanks to everyone who took part in that. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. And we're joined by a very special guest this Christmas morning. And this is a pleasure and a privilege. We are going up to Donegal. And on the line, we have Daniel O'Donnell. Merry Christmas. How are you? And Merry Christmas to you too. Lovely to be talking to you on such a special day. And for you, what does Christmas mean? Talk me through your normal Christmas morning. Obviously, every year is different, but what do you normally get up to? Well, Christmas starts kind of earlier now than it did for the past, well, in the same for the last few years. But before that, we used to lie in. But now we're up because Santa comes. Our grandchildren are here and uh, he comes. So we were lucky about six in the morning we got the call that he might be have made the visit so we had to run down the stairs to be sure we're never sure that Santa will have made it here and the excitement was amazing when we found that he finally got to us <laughs> and you know we've had some cold weather up until Christmas very very Christmassy weather and I know up in Donegal you've had quite a bit of snow uh, for you do, does snow bring a certain magic to Christmas well, it does, as long as you are where you're supposed to be. <laughs> it's not very magical if you're stuck in it, but it's lovely once you're inside and the fire on and the tree lighting and just the warmth of it all. You know, I love being home for Christmas. I'm very lucky I have been, you know, I could count. I think there was only three times that I wasn't home for Christmas. One was we went to Tenerife. One was... We were stuck in Dublin with a very bad snow. I don't know how many years ago that Oh, back in 2010, but, wasn't it? That yeah, beast from the east. Morning, I can't remember exactly. Maybe it is 10. It seems like it's longer than that. Yes, and, yeah. Um, then one time we went up to uh, Banbridge when Dermot Bannon had our house under his thumb. Oh. We went up to Banbridge <laughs> to Siobhan. Uh, so that was the only times that I haven't been here. And it's lovely because I get to... You know, even the lead up to Christmas, I get to be at things here, you know, different things that are going on and carol singing. And it's great that all these things are kind of back this year to normal. And just the whole thing of the, the you know, the chapel and singing with the choir. The last couple of years, I sang just with the organist of the first year of COVID. The priest asked would I come and it was just myself, the organist and the priest because the, the, the mass was streamed, you know, out, nobody was there. But then even last year, you know, there was big restrictions. So it begins with myself and the organist. So that's a very special thing for me, you know, to be able to do. So um, Of course, you're right. Year. The, the, the bee in Donegal and music and the choir. And, and when we think of, I suppose, music and Christmas and we think of Mrs. Christmas, we, we think of Mariah Carey. And personally, when, when I think of uh, Mr. Christmas, I think of you, Daniel O'Donnell. I think you are Mr. Christmas. And uh, how do you feel about that? And, you know, you've got the album out. We've got I Wish You Well, um, a 14-track CD, DVD, uh, you know, and, and obviously you're touring next year as well, um, uh, starting uh, in August in the Radisson Hotel in Athlone. But but are you are you Mr. Christmas? And tell us about this album and this other album coming out too uh, soon also. Well, we have, you know, every year I've released an album. This one was released, it's always released leading up to Christmas, you know. 
and I wish you well. It's, it's an album of of ten fairly original songs. Some are you know just written, and some have only been recorded by the writers. When I was do, going on to do the album, I sent a message to people that I have recorded their songs before and asked them had they anything written or would they like to write something. And I got a great amount of songs back, Some, so many that I have half the album for next year recorded. Um, so, you know, delighted to be able to, to use the, the material of Irish writers too. You know, there's great talent here and... Uh, it's it's just lovely to be you know able to 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 use what's around us, and uh, the well, two guys out of the band, David Arkins and Kieran Mitchell, they did all the the work on it, the production. My own band, you know, played on it with a few extra people coming in. Obviously, when you're doing albums, they add some instrumentation, you know, that you wouldn't carry with you on the on the road. But for the most part. Um, it's all people that I, I travel with. So it was a lovely exercise to be involved in. And I suppose I'm lucky too, you know, that, you know, I'm able to be at home this time of year and I don't do anything. I don't do any shows at all. Um, actually, I'm not doing anything until May. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm very good to myself. And I have to ask you about Night of the Daniels. My son, and I hate to admit it, and I think I agree with him, I do love Christmas, but I love Halloween. Uh, you, you know, this was huge for you, Night of the Daniels, this YouTube video. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about how that came about and tell us a little bit about, you know, Night of the Daniels. Well, it, obviously it was a Halloween video. If anybody has seen it, they'll know what we're talking about. Those people who haven't seen it, you can look it up and have a bit of a chuckle, I suppose. And um, it all came about before COVID, the, the lads from React Production, John Duggan and Kieran McCann, approached me to see what I'd be interested uh, in doing something with them. Now, I knew them, but I didn't really know them. I knew of them, but I didn't really know what they did. And um, they had this, uh, whatever the plan, I suppose. There's another name for it, you know, they had it all written out what mm. they would like to do and pictures of how it would look and um, here and my manager and myself, we decided sure, why not? They were wanting to highlight what they could do. We hadn't any thoughts of doing the like of that. So then with COVID, everything was put on the long finger. We couldn't do anything. And when we, when I recorded down at the Laddie Da, they were wanting to do the video last year, but it just wasn't I don't think the world was ready, you know, as far as COVID was concerned. But I had recorded the laddie down. I said, why don't we get the guys to do a video for that? It'll only be me. Now, I didn't think of what they ended up doing. It was brilliant, you know, just amazing. And I suppose then leading up to the night of the Daniels, we knew of their just the great talent they had and, and just the imagination that they you know, they were able to pull upon to to make things happen. So um, eventually we got to do the Night of the Daniels in sort of early August. And um, it was was wonderful. It was a great thing to be involved in and a lot of fun. And the whole gist of it is that these, we had opened a museum for my stuff and the mannequins, 
came to life because the museum was hit by lightning and <laughs> um, it all happened around Halloween and they came out and they terrorized the town of Dunlow and then I was called upon to save the town <laughs> and I saved the town with hairspray so who knew <laughs> and, and Daniel what keeps you going I mean you know the fact that you've been working over so many years you've sold tens of millions of albums um, you've been going now for my understanding is um, over 35 years what drives you and into 2023 happy new year by the way what keeps you going what keeps you moving forward with so much energy and enthusiasm well, I've always enjoyed it. I only ever did what I enjoy. I sang what I enjoyed, and I was lucky and blessed that there was an amount of people that enjoyed it too. And still, that's what I do. And now, as I said, I said I'm not doing anything until May. I don't do as much touring as I used to, just out of choice, because I suppose I like the balance. We'll start in May. I do. I do in March a couple of things. I have a uh, show and letter Kenny for Highland Radio and then I do the Opry Le Daniel will be recorded <laughs> and a few I'll finish the album for next year but that'll only take maybe two weeks at most and then in May we start and do tour touring again we do I go to Barbados for one show uh, to the UK for probably eight or nine shows and then we have Gertrude Burns cruise at the end of May into June. And then I'm not back doing anything until August when we start the tour. Um, that's Listen. all around Ireland. And um, then we go to Canada and America, the UK, um, for the latter part of the year. And then take a break for another wee while. So, it's, uh, listen, I'm very fortunate and I realise it that I'm able to... Uh, actually, in January... It'll be 43 years since I started with my sister, Margaret, and her band. So wow. 1981, 81, 42. 42 years. Well, 42 years. Congratulations and a happy Christmas. I know you need to get back to the family Christmas morning. Daniel well, I'm O'Donnell. not doing the cooking, so don't worry. <laughs> Who is who's cooking? Up. Who's doing it? <laughs> Magella's doing the cooking. Ah, well done to Magella. So and say so hi. all in hand, you know, I might be called in at the last minute, but yeah. I would say not. Yeah. Well, look, um, happy Christmas. Thank you so much for speaking to Thank you very talk much. listeners and everywhere. Uh, and uh, happy Christmas to everybody listening oh, to thank you. that you're all having a nice day. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. Now we're going to talk about Christmas dinner for the homeless. We visit Tiglin at the Lighthouse on Pier Street in Dublin. This is part of the We Act campaign, which is about shining a light on the wonderful work of charities, community groups and volunteers. If listeners are thinking about New Year's resolutions out there, if you're thinking, mm, what am I going to do in 2023, then why not consider giving back to your community? Check out how we can volunteer and make a difference. So it's just weact.ie forward slash volunteer. I met these people a little earlier getting the Christmas dinner ready. Hi, my name is Deirdre Dunn. We're in the lighthouse. It's um, a place where you feed the homeless and they come in and they chat and have um, a bit of fellowship, a bit of, you know, friendship. Hi, my name is Bernie and I'm a volunteer here in um, the lighthouse here at Pier Street. And it's, it's to, to mainly help everybody. Everybody is welcome that comes in through our doors. We never turn anybody away. 
Uh, they get a hot food and they'll get a parcel of food going out and you're, you're guaranteed nine times out of ten they'll keep coming back. Um, you know, it, it's a service that's needed in the area and anybody, as I say, there's no one ever turned away. So Christmas dinner, what will the service users have? Well, it'd be exactly the same as a Christmas dinner that you would get at home. You know, maybe a little bit better. better. An, extra, an, an extra bit of stuffing. Uh, stuffing, ham, turkey, the roasters, the whole shebang. So I don't know whether the soup before it or not, but there'll be a dessert definitely after it. And why do you do it? Why do you give up your time? Why do you volunteer? I mean, you could be home with your family. I do it because... Um, I, I love doing what I do. I've done it for the last eight years and this is my first year and a half in here now and it's exactly the same as what I do I done for eight years. Um, the people in it are so friendly and you have to say that because we're on the radio. But they really are. And you do get to love everybody in it and everybody gets on with everybody. And the people that walk through that door, I mean it takes an awful lot of guts to walk through a door and say you're hungry. You know, it and when hard, they do it? it's very, it. very hard. I couldn't admit it. I couldn't admit it. I think I would die with embarrassment, but they get over that. And we don't put that in front of them at all. Hello, how are you doing? Come on in, there's more here and we you know, you just make them feel as if they're yours. They're not Christmas is, is hard because it's they could very, be very missing hard. loved ones. Uh, they could be yeah, without exactly, a home. Exactly, and it's it's a sad time for them as well. You know, especially if they haven't got what they had last year. Uh, times are tough as it is, and you know things get worse. But there's always a happy face here to help them or, or give them advice or do what we have to do to get to get them where they're going. You know, but. Bernie, happy Christmas. Oh, thanks very much. Where's my Christmas box? <laughs> What's a Christmas box? <laughs> Where's my Christmas box? It's not like a gift, is it? Oh, it's like a gift, yes. It could be anything, like it a could magic be a gift. It could be anything. We have loads of them downstairs for the people. Yeah, give you them have all Christmas a gift. Boxes. Yeah, they're called Christmas yeah. boxes. Yeah, we wrap them. Yep. Gifts, oh, uh, sweets, uh, gloves, gloves, hats, hats scarves, yeah. presents for the kids. Yeah. There's yeah. enough for everybody, yeah. and they're all donated. We also just got a big donation of um, toys for children between 3 and 12. We give out to the people who come in here who have kids. My name is Hakim. Uh, I'm from Carlo College. I'm here on a student placement, so I'm here to get experience. People are struggling for drugs, and then again for people who are homeless, and then people who are actually unable to do the things for themselves. Dermot Cox, describe what you do here in the lighthouse. Uh, I cook Monday to Friday and we pro provide um, hot meals for the service users here and because we use an awful lot of the food comes in from donations so food cloud and Tesco's and then and, and then private donations so we have to be a bit more flexible about the menus. Christmas dinner what will you be serving up and how many users do you think will be coming through? We'll do the, the usual Brussels uh, roast turkey, ham stuffing. So it will be a full traditional Christmas dinner? Full traditional uh, meal. Um, so usually, because we're preparing usually about anywhere between two to uh, 220 to 300 meals a day. So there could be up to 300 coming well, today, Christmas Day? We do also a takeout. Um, um, we do uh, meals for people later on in the evening, so we usually pack that up. Um, so we're usually between 150 and 200 uh, users um, will come in on the day. Why do you do it? Why are you a chef here? Why do you serve 300 homeless people? Not just on Christmas Day, but every day a meal. Um, I came in as a volunteer. Um, I was asked to come on board. They needed somebody in the kitchen. Um, I enjoy the work. I um, 
think they do a good service here. Um, and I also enjoy the fact that we're working with donations. My name is Phil Thompson. I'm the CEO of Tiglin. Tell us about Tiglin. So Tiglin provide a number of different services. Uh, we're currently in our homeless outreach services based on uh, Pier Street at the Lighthouse. Um, and the idea of this service is to befriend, to come alongside those who come through the doors. Um, so we provide warm, healthy meals, we provide clothing, but it's a service that goes far beyond that. The idea is to engage, to, to support people to find a way to exist and to find uh, meaning in life. Um, so we uh, offer housing, supports um, and into rehabilitation. You know today's Christmas Day we're focusing on homelessness and people who are struggling but your users will be here all year round some of them. Sure there's many many familiar faces uh, that come in here on a daily basis. Uh, this has become a place where they come and connect and engage and find uh, I suppose a friendly face and a place to belong and the hope is over time that we can just uh, point people in the right direction towards change. How you doing guys, um, my name is Steve and I'm part of Tiglin's community engagement team. Um, I work here at the Lighthouse at 28 Pier Street. Um, I was in Tiglin myself back in 2019. Um, I had many troubles through my life um, with gambling, um, drinking and other addictions. And I went into Tiglin, I got help, um, I got some counselling, I got key working, um, I got tools that I needed to go back out into the big, big bad world. And basically, I ended up in the lighthouse. Then I went on to a community employment scheme, and then I went back to college. I ended up getting a level seven in IT, and then I gradually uh, worked my way into the community engagement team at Tiglin. So, Stephen, you were a service user. Uh, your life was going through a difficult patch. They helped you, and you're now helping them. Yes, yeah, so basically it's, it's a full 360 now, so I'm giving back now. So what I do, I do the assessments with Tiglin. So anyone that's out in that queue, they come into our building for some food. And what we try to do is we try to build a relationship with them. So trust is a major thing. So once we can build trust with them, what we can do then is we can guide them um, to what direction they need to go. So um, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's homelessness, mental health, we refer them. But um, most like we would refer them to our charity Tiglin, which is really helpful to people to get back their life together. And for you, Christmas Day, feeding 300 people a Christmas dinner, how important is that? It's, it's massively important, you know. Every day we can see the change in the weather now. It's freezing cold. There's people rough sleeping all over the sea. You know, nobody has anywhere to go. You know, they don't, they don't know where to go. Um, people are lost out there, so to have a service like this that's able to provide a dinner on them for Christmas Day is amazing. Ger Ganley here, operations manager with uh, the Lighthouse here in Tiglin. What just happened? Um, so what just happened is is that uh, I had a group come in um, and they offered to get Christmas presents for uh, families. So um, obviously we have given some of them Christmas presents out today, both the group and ourselves. And uh, one of the families that we've given it to is uh, Michael and Antoinette. Michael and Antoinette, how does it feel to, to have these presents? Feels very good to get these presents. Very kind of them. They helped us out an awful lot. Happy Christmas. And for you, thank you, tell us your story and, and how difficult I, is Christmas? I am Michael Ellis and I thank God for, for taking in. I thank God for Jody here. But as he says today, we're at the game blessed like, with presents for their daughters and their, and their granddaughter. But um, 
like what they do here is brilliant, you know, the aftercare, like, you know, group of people come here every day, especially me. They just don't help me, they help my kids out with food. You know, like, we can come here and we can get air filled, we can get our kids filled. And I can't thank them enough over here. They're so kind to us, to everybody. They don't leave anyone new. And for Jerry, I think I'd be lost. So this is our storage area. So you'll see around you, you've got a, a random selection of things from clothes to hygiene products. And at the back here, we've got a lot of wrapped gifts that have been dropped in. So the idea is to try and make somebody's day a little bit brighter by giving them something, uh, particularly at Christmas. So we're thankful for the gifts that we've been given from the donors. Our chairman and uh, co-founder, Aubrey McCarthy, is a great guy for networking and linking in with people. And that's one of his gifts. So that's what he uses. And he reaches out to many people to try and get them on board. And there's lots of presents here as well. They're, mm. they're ready to go. Ready to go presents and, um, you know, just to see the difference that something quite small can make in somebody's life is an incredible thing. So it's in that area where, you know, something small, a kind gesture can give you an opportunity to introduce a bit of hope into people's lives. Um, hi, my name is Heaven. Um, I'm a volunteer at um, DMC or Tiglin um, at the Lighthouse on Pierce Street. Um, I'm a student in Trinity, studying business. And yeah, like what we do at the Lighthouse is just um, just be a friend to like the service users that come here. Um, we just st have conversation with them, we give them a cup of tea, have some food, and we have just yeah, just community. That's really the goal of um, the mission here is just to have community with the people who maybe lack that when they're out on the streets or in their day to day. Yeah. And we're right opposite Trinity College, Heaven. For you, Christmas giving back, volunteering, and helping people who are less fortunate than you. Why do you do it? Honestly, because I just love to love, and it's like. It's cringe, but yeah, it's just such an opportunity to be exposed to like different types of lifestyles and different types of different people. Yeah, um, like in Trinidad, you're definitely surrounded by people with same mind, same perspectives sometimes, and like same privileges in a sense. But being around people who may not have as much, but are just as willing to love and to like give back and to have that relationship with you is just such a yeah, it's such an honor to be able to be a witness to that. Yeah. Heaven, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. A huge thanks to everyone in Tiglin there, feeding 300 people Christmas dinners all day today. A big thanks to them, all of them, for giving up their time. Now, for something completely different, a Dublin primary school attempted to break the world record for the most Christmas crackers poured simultaneously in one line. The 600 pupils at the Harold School and Glass Tool in South County Dublin have been busy in their classrooms crafting their own crackers out of recycled material, including cardboard toilet roll tubes, to make sure their record-breaking attempt goes off with a bang. Let's see how they got on. Hi, my name is Asha O'Sullivan. Hi, my name is Holly Hooper. And what are we doing here today? Um, here we're trying to break a world record and we're pulling the most Christmas crackers at the same time. How exciting is it? Uh, very exciting, especially for the young kids. And how many crackers do you need to pull at the same time to make this a Guinness World yes. Record? 1,500 crackers. And they're all being made by the students at the Harold School. And it's all used by using recycled toilet paper and recyclable material. So it's good for the environment. I'm having a chat with Garda Angela. We're here very close to Harold School. We're trying to break this world record, pulling 1,500 crackers. How are you feeling? Feeling very excited and I hope um, we break the record today. So good luck to all the students and it's a gorgeous day and let's go break this record. 
Hi Henry, um, so Kieran from the, the Harold Parents Association, we are incredibly excited about the countdown to today's world record attempt. Uh, we've got hundreds of children, hundreds of parents, hopefully hundreds of grandparents, friends, community members, all coming down to help us break the world record and get a great early Christmas atmosphere going on here. Ursula and I'm with the events team here who has organized the Cracker event. Today we're hoping that we have at least 1,200 people here. 1,200? Loads and loads of people making loads and loads of noise. And how many crackers are you planning on pulling? At least 1,500. It's fantastic. I love Christmas, but more so, I just love seeing the whole community come together again after a very long two COVID years. This is really the first time we're having this event together, bringing the whole community together again. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. What does this event mean to you? I feel like it's going to be a very fun, happy day. Well, it's going to help us fundraise and it will just like help support our school. And it's a very fun event just to get everyone to have fun. I bet it's just a fun day before Christmas for like the entire school, yeah. trying to break a world record. Yeah, just recycle them and like it's just been it's just been a fun event all in all. This is the big thing we've been doing along with painting a memor memorial and like this money's just helping with our school and like it's great to, like that all the other like nearby like like kind of um, schools came to help us break the world record. Hi, I'm Stephen from Today FM. For you, Stephen, you know, you're here today at this world record event and you're emceeing. How do you feel? It's so exciting to be here, like seeing the kids' faces as they come in. They are just so buzzed, not just about Christmas, but also about this massive world record attempt. And they've all broken themselves into teams with super festive names like, you know, Wrapping Wrapping Paper, Rockin' Reindeers, and giving them a shout out as they come into the field. It's just the best buzz ever. They are so happy to see themselves on the big screen. This is a massive logistical event, I and mean, we've got Elton John there behind us. We really are stepping into Christmas. Can they do it? Can they break this record? I reckon they can. Now, I was having a look. The previous record was 1,081 crackers which was held by a school over in the UK in 20 since 2015 Henry so I reckon we can go all the way today and beat that Merry Christmas Henry we're, we're pulling Christmas crackers pulling Christmas crackers at the exact same time we're pulling a bunch of Christmas crackers all at one time how exciting is it I mean there's about 600 kids here all lined up we're about to pull those Christmas crackers how do you feel uh, really happy yeah excited for the food <laughs> Worried that we're not going to get the record. <laughs> Super excited. We're hopefully we're going to make a Guinness World Record. So you're looking forward to that? Yeah. Um, well, it's so exciting because like we're breaking the world record for the cracking thing. Um, we're cracking Christmas. So you're cracking Christmas. And you're enjoying it? Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it because I get to see everyone from our school and like CBC and audio and I think Monkstown and a few more schools that came. And it's just great to see everyone and it's really fun. Uh, I think it's great because uh, so, so, well, so we got to spread the Christmas spirit and we're breaking a world record. Hello you guys. Yeah, I think it's going to be good for me because there's so many people here and there's food and it's just going to be a bit of crack. So it's just a time to think about past relatives and stuff. Presents. Christmas means a day to celebrate and commemorate Jesus, I guess, and all your religions and just celebrate with your families and have a good time. The definition of fun. Uh, I think Christmas is just a time to hang out with your family and celebrate Jesus or like go to church if you want. Well, my family getting together, it's really nice and just 
I love it. It's like my favorite time of the year. What does it mean to you? Um, well, it means a lot because like getting together with my family and seeing them all again, and like I see them, and it's not like they live in a different country, but like I just um, it's nice to see everyone. And then um, yeah, also presents are nice, but that doesn't mean everything. <laughs> yeah. No, the most important thing is giving. That's what my mum told me. Fun for everybody to be together because, like, during the year, it's like you see like cousins and stuff, but not all together. Yeah, it's really fun. It's like people laugh a lot, and it's fun being with friends. It's countdown now to pull the Christmas crackers, and there are hundreds and hundreds of children lining up, holding the crackers with their arms crossed, ready to pull. Oh, the anticipation. My name is Darvin Nikbahuna and I'm the school principal of the Harold School in Glasspool and we're here to break the world record for the greatest cracker pull and it's going to be a fantastic event so best of luck to everybody and thanks for all your help. Feeling really excited and so grateful for all the boys and girls and mums and dads and everybody from our communities come along to help us make, break this world record for the most number of crackers pulled at the same time this afternoon. It's just such a fantastic day. It's great after two very challenging years to be able to come out into the community and do this fantastic event. So it's so much thanks to everybody in Glasspool and Dunleary and the wider community for the help that they've given us today. Just under three minutes to go, you must be nervous but excited. Yes, but actually thrilled. And if you could just bottle the excitement today for the children, it has been just amazing. We've had a wonderful week of build-up to all of this, and we are so thankful for all of the community who've come out here today to support us. And we are going to break the world record for the most crackers pulled today. And we're about to pull these crackers any second now. Here's the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, How are you feeling? Absolutely emotional and thrilled. This has been the best week ever. We are so delighted. It's fantastic. Congratulations and boys, how are you feeling? Good. Very good. Great. Amazing. Amazing. So the children are now jumping up and down with excitement. How are you feeling? We say hi from the Harold School. Harold on top. Come on, Harold. Go on, Nula. Barry Ward, Finnegrail Centre from Dunleary. Barry, these young people, they have broken this world record. 1,700 crackers, and they're not just Christmas crackers, but they are environmentally friendly Christmas yeah, crackers. Absolutely. How do you feel? Absolutely delighted for them. It's not often that you get to choose the title of world champion to break world records like that. It's really extraordinary. So many kids here, so many schools, and so much effort by the teachers and the parents to put it all together. So they all deserve a huge congratulations. There's a really warm feeling here on a bright, sunny day and there is a Christmas feeling, a community feeling. There is a community feeling and there is a Christmas feeling and that's important too. I mean, obviously these are, these are all school kids and they'll have their own pressures of homework and, and study and all the rest, but it's really important to get out here to, to be with their friends, to be with their colleagues and the neighbours and to be part of a local effort to do something extraordinary and that's what they've done today. Lucy, we're here at Harold School. Yep. 1,700 crackers have been pulled. Our world record has been broken. How are you feeling? I am feeling very proud. So I have a five-year-old who's been standing here patiently. I'm in shock. 
and a 10 year old with the excitement she's been building honestly for the last couple of weeks. It's such a brilliant day for the school, it's a brilliant day for the kids and it's a brilliant day for the parents. Love it. A huge thanks to the boys and girls from Harold School in Glastool in Dublin. Huge congratulations, breaking that world record. Over 1,700 Christmas crackers were pulled, and you can hear the enthusiasm there. Just such a massive feat and a huge logistical undertaking by the school. Thank you so much. Coming up after the news, Nevin Maguire gives us some Christmas dinner tips. How to salvage it when things go wrong in the kitchen. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. Christmas Cracker on News Talk. And you're very welcome back to Henry's Christmas Cracker. It's Christmas morning and we're joined by Nevin Maguire. Nevin, happy Christmas. Good morning and a very happy Christmas to you, your team and all the listeners. Great to see you. Nevin, I mean, for you, I mean, it's an extremely busy time of the year uh, getting ready for this time. And also you have a new book out called More Midweek Meals. That run up, how was it for you? Do you know what? There's a lot of fun in it. And we made a decision this year, Henry, that we'd close the restaurant for two weeks. So we've actually been closed from the 18th of December. And we've done that for the staff. So we've been closed, looking forward to cooking for the family today and just have a nice family time. I think Christmas is all about family and food for me and just to relax and enjoy it. So I have uh, over 30 people coming to my house today. So it's basically, you know, a boss man's holiday. You're working. Well, well, I don't see it as work. I see it as being able to look after my family and spoil them. And there's very few days of the year that I can do that. My mum and dad's anniversary in October and then Christmas Day. So my brother, my youngest brother, Carlos, is home from Australia. He has been home for about six years. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so there's nine in our family. So we'll all be together and we'll have a bit of fun and just some delicious food. So I have the goose roasting, the buttermilk brine turkey. Oh, listen, I love love the food at Christmas. So you're really going all out. So you've, you've got turkey as well as... What other animals? Goose. So we have a lovely... We have a lovely uh, local farm, Thornhill Duck, and they've yes. been supplying us in the restaurant for yeah. 33 years. They're based in Black Lion. Now, goose is very rich. It's delicious. And I'm slow roasting it, and I'm going to serve with some red cabbage and a honey and clove sauce, some nice buttery mashed roast potatoes. Oh, listen, I can't wait to get stuck into it. Oh, no, absolutely amazing. And right now, people across the country, they're listening in their kitchens or they're on their way over to help someone out with their Christmas dinner. You know, things start to go wrong. Not everything can go well. I mean... I'm not supposed to be giving you advice. I mean, you're the chef. But my advice is just to keep it simple. But I people, agree. people don't. I mean, they, they want to try something new. Well, don't overcomplicate it. I mean, like treat, treat your turkey, for example, it's like a big chicken. It just takes longer to cook. Lots of lovely butter, some lovely little bit of water or stock to keep it nice and moist. Keep spooning it on. So what that means, it's called basting. It's a fancy name, but it means spooning on the juices over the turkey because it's very lean meat. So you want it really succulent. You want it really moist. You want it tender, obviously. 
and moist is what we're looking for. So that's really, really important. Don't overcomplicate it. A couple of vegetables, maybe two potatoes, a little bit of mash, roast potatoes if you like that. A little bit of rapeseed oil if you have goose fat, duck fat, gorgeous. A little bit of garlic, herbs. So don't overcomplicate it. I'm just doing some buttered carrots with a little bit of honey and a little bit of butter and then oh, some lovely. Brussels sprouts. Honey mm. and butter. Yeah. And, you know, preparing the, the vegetables and potatoes, something that, you know, I'd always overlook. I'd maybe peel them. That would be it. But uh, what is the best way to, to get them prepared? I mean, it's about the, it is a lot about prep, isn't it? Back it is. I mean, like, you know, y- yeah. yes, Stephen, Christmas Eve, I, I prepped the whole thing. And, and, and that's the most important thing. But I also got the kids to help. Our twins, Connor and Asiya, they're 10. So don't be afraid to delegate and ask them. Peel the potatoes, peel the carrots, help you with the trifle, whatever like that. I'm doing a little mulled fruit trifle. So I have the berries poached, made a little bit of custard, but you can buy some custard and then just assemble it. So it's because not everyone like, likes plum pudding. The problem is I like both. I like yeah. the pudding. I like the trifle. And, and where do you find the room? I mean, I, I have, when I say the room, I mean room in your belly. <laughs> I mean, I am not actually having a Christmas dinner today. I know. And one of the reasons for that is I uh, had quite a few Christmas dinners in the run-up. Ah. But we're having it on the 26th. We're having it uh, tomorrow, Stephen's Day. Um, we've got family over. My wife is getting a, a, a turkey locally from Aidan's Butchers, uh, and it's going to be a boneless turkey. So I think that means it takes less time to cook. It does. Cook. Easy to um, carve. Yeah. And the kids don't really eat much on Christmas Day. Uh, they just eat sweets. So a lot of the food goes in the bin. So we think, you know what? Let's get them really hungry. Well, and let's first, feed them the following day. Well, first of all, we're from Calf. There's no such thing as waste up our part of the world. <laughs> I'm only joking, Henry. But I, I think, you know, we're not going to, we've mm. had very little for breakfast. So yeah. we just want to just yeah. enjoy the main event. You know, my, my family and friends will be coming at uh, two o'clock and then we just start off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little curry chicken spring rolls, have all them ready, oh, wow. mango salsa, just a small amount with a bit of salad and then I'm going to do oh, the main event and then some desserts. But I'll spread it out. You know, they'll be here until seven or eight this evening and I think that's what it's all about. Not rushing everything too quickly getting as much help as possible <laughs> and that becomes from the preparation to mm. the to your, to your wash up and, and, and serving the food because you know I mean it's probably a day that a lot of households are cooking for more people than they're not normally used to so don't be afraid to ask and delegate and get I, help. And that's the thing and, and I know in, in my family I'm trying to help so much more but it's still a man's world and I know at the end of the day we'll find the men sitting on the couch and the ladies still slaving away in the kitchen probably tidying up uh, you know, so your advice, everyone needs to muck in. Teamwork, teamwork, that's how it Including works. Including the men, men Absolutely, out there. absolutely. And I think, well, I'm speaking from our own house, me, me two, three brother-in-laws are going to be there and I'm making them wash up. So I hope they're listening to this, guys. There's no such thing as a free dinner. They're going to enjoy the lovely food too. But also, I think it's all about, you know, just... When we go back to the food, you know, that you don't want too many selection of vegetables. You know, I'm just doing cauliflower cheese and it's buttered buttered um, carrots, which are gorgeous. And then just a very simple gravy with that, which will be beautiful with the turkey. Stuffing's made of that, made a few days ago. So you're just reheating that and then just doing your lovely roast potatoes, which is gorgeous. And if something does go wrong for families out there when it comes to the dinner, what can you do? How can you manage that stress? Yeah, I think you just got to, I mean, so what what can go wrong? Okay, you just need to keep an eye on your turkey, that that's really moist and succulent and keep spooning it, let it rest. What resting means is that you don't carve it straight away, you let it sit for about 20, 30 minutes, cover it in tin foil because you don't want it to go cold. I'm actually doing the turkey breast, so I am, Henry. And it's easy to, quick to cook, it's easy to carve. So for me, it ticks all the boxes. Mm. So just obviously, anyone listening that might have got a bone to roll turkey like yourself, you're going to be cooking yeah. tomorrow, that's going to take less time to cook. So the full bird will definitely take, will take longer. Put orange, put a little bit of um, 
onion into that, a little bit of garlic into the cavity of the bird, Yummy. and that's going to give it lovely flavour and keep yes. it lovely and succulent and, and that, Yeah, resting is so important. Oh yeah, it? big time. It's as important as the cooking of it. And somebody gave me this tip that they actually, they put a duvet around their turkey, and obviously the, the, the turkey is well cooked at this stage, just to keep the... The, the turkey warm, warm. it's I so hard it. to, to keep everything warm that's any fant- tricks there that's a fantastic idea I just cover it with lots of tin foil tin foil and I don't leave it in a I leave it kind of off the kind of um, oven if you know what I mean just just to the yeah. side out of the so oven obviously a bit of heat. exactly there's a bit of heat not in a cold place I, I want to ask you about your new book and obviously like me mm. people think they, they leave things the very last minute um, so you can still get this book, even though Christmas, it's people might be able to pick it up uh, in between Christmas and New Year. Tell us about uh, more midweek meals. Yeah, so this is, would you believe it, my 16 cookbook. And 16? Yeah. when you I must be exhausted. Well, when I started kind of cooking, I never thought I'd ever have one book. So my thanks to Kill Books. And you know, like you, for your show, for me, for mm. my books and restaurants, it's all about a good team. Yeah. So we always come up with a new concept. So this one, this is the book, More Midweek Meals. The first midweek meals was out about three years ago done phenomenally well so we said okay we'll bring this out so we have four different chapters so we have a one tray dinner which is really quick and simple and easy and then we have make ahead home comforts and then all time favourites so there's a hundred recipes hundred different lovely photographs so when you're making this you said that's how I want it to look like or that yeah. inspires you I do you. love uh, the photographs so do I I, I know and I know obviously Sometimes when I take photographs of food, they never look as good. And you're using the best food photographers out there. But also the food, I'm sure, is as excellent as it looks in those pictures. Um, but, but for you, I mean, and for us at home, I remember putting up a picture on social media. And Ian Dempsey contacted me and said, how many cookbooks do you have? And we do have quite a few of cookbooks. And you do need that inspiration, don't you? Uh, yeah. It's all about, you know, being inspired and, and feeling like you're... You're not, not stuck in a rut. And as we go into the new year uh, and people will have perhaps spent quite a bit this Christmas, they'll be thinking, you know, how am I going to get through? How am I going to, you know, spread the money with the cost of living crisis? And in this, there are loads of tricks, you know. There's and, loads and of tricks. And, food. and actually, you're, you're so yeah, right about that because I think, cooking. and particularly batch mm. cooking, exactly. And how to eat, be, be a clever cook. Don't be in the, stuck in the kitchen all day. We've already done that today, Christmas Day. So you want something like a lot of these one-tray dinners, you're not dirty in any pot or yeah. pans it's a yeah. tray it goes into the oven yeah. it's you, done about 25-30 minutes all in one tray I, I love yeah. that way yeah. of cooking and that's the way I cook a lot at home and I'm a big believer in batch cooking so you freeze things nothing wrong with freezing food yeah. once you label it you date it you know what you're getting and I think more and more people <clears throat> are cooking and thinking like that and one thing that I've seen since COVID is that more and more people have reconnected with food they're enjoying food oh, with their family absolutely. and friends and all the mm. oh, big time slow cooker like there's a full there's a full chapter yeah. in one of my books in slow cookers I wouldn't have used a slow cooker until until I decided to do that book to be through with you. So definitely a lot more people when they're cooking at home and mm. working from home, mm. that smell of food cooking, there's something oh, gorgeous. It's like Christmas Day when, you're, when your guests arrive today, the smell of that lovely kind of festive, I love mulled wine warmed up. As soon as my family come in, I'll give them a big glass of mulled wine and it's my mother's recipe. So there'll be cinnamon, there'll be some cloves, star anise, some orange port, a little bit of apple juice, some sugar. So there's lots of lovely, beautiful flavours and smells that there is. Never Maguire, what is 2023 going to be like for you? What are you going to get up to? <laughs> Obviously, you've had a great 2022, you know, books, uh, TV shows, you name it. Um, what can we expect? Well, that's a really good question. As long as I have good health, I'm happy. And, you know, I suppose since COVID, we changed our whole business. So it's working really well for us. We have 60 staff employed in Black Lion. That many? Yeah. 
and I still <clears> haven't come up. Well, I'm supposed to. Well, you're welcome to come up anytime. You know uh, that. You know, you, you want you you want opened. You close from the 18th. When you back open? So we're going to be open reopening the 6th of January, and you know we're so lucky that we have such a consistent, steady business. Like Christmas, you know, during the summer, Easter, it's so consistent. We do 60 guests a night. That's what we do. 63 is the max we've done. My head chef has been with me. 22 years. Wow. Oh, she's my rock, yeah. And we've about 12 chefs in the kitchen, 14 if you include uh, breakfast and that. So it's all about having a good team. For me, hopefully this year will bring good health, happiness and just to continue what we're doing, the love of food. I love going around when I'm doing the TV shows, which you mentioned, and you're meeting great Irish producers, yeah. great people within the mm. food industry. So I think for people cooking at home, buying food, let's keep supporting Irish. We have the best ingredients in the world. Nevin Maguire, happy Christmas. Thank you for coming in and safe journey back to Cavan. And I hope everything's fine in the oven. You've got helpers. <laughs> I've got plenty of helpers. And again, Henry, to you, enjoy your dinner tomorrow. A happy Christmas to you, your listeners and all your team. Great to see you again. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. We're joined in studio by Serena Bellissimo. Merry Christmas. How is your Christmas morning? Happy Christmas. Uh, Christmas morning's always great. Like, we've already unwrapped half of the presents. <laughs> I've told everybody, please leave half of them for when I come back. So, yeah, it was nice to actually get out of there for a little bit. <laughs> you're wearing a Christmas jumper. Wham! Wham Christmas jumper. I love this. This is one of my favourite Christmas jumpers. Last Christmas. Like, it's not wham. It's not Christmas unless you have some Last Christmas by wham, is it? No, I mean, absolutely. And we're going to talk about Home Alone, Lost in New York. And I wanted to be lost in New York. I really did. The original <laughs> plan was to be lost in New York, celebrating this film. But instead, we're bringing this... Uh, film at home to us here and we're going to talk all about it because it's 30 years this movie it's a sequel and we're celebrating a sequel i actually prefer home alone 2 or home alone lost in new york compared to the original sorry excuse me I don't know if we can still be friends. I mean, some, are you some sequels are better than the original. Paddington 2 is better yeah. than the original. Beverly Hills Cop 2 is yeah. better than the original. <laughs> and now I'm struggling. Um, but, you know, Back to the Future 2 wasn't too bad. Yeah, it not, wasn't terrible. It took me but it years wasn't... to accept that it was basically the same film. Um, but but, I, but you're right. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't the same film because no. they, they obviously they go to, the, they go to, to New York. Um, uh, tell us, why has this film endured and obviously it's now uh, on streaming platforms yeah. it's, it's on Disney Plus and it used to be on Netflix and it gets played on terrestrial TV it really is a family favourite especially the second one. It really is um, I'd say the first one is more so than the second one in my house but okay. we will say that the second yeah. one is a family favourite as well I think the reason why this has stood the test of time is because this is your um, beautiful Christmas film it has everything that you want from it, right? It has the mischief. It has the slapstick. It has that whole uh, Christmas feeling about it. Although it is also a film that you can watch when it's not Christmas time. So it doesn't have to be watched at Christmas time, but at Christmas it hits differently. And I think the reason why this still stands the test of time, and I was wondering, you know, is it us? Like, you know how there's films that you grew up with, so it's nostalgia and you think mm. this is amazing, and then you put your kids in front of it and they go, what are you talking about, <laughs> mum and dad? This is terrible. This is one of those films that that doesn't happen. The kids still love it. And I think it's because it's a little kid yes. who it's takes... Yeah, and he takes control. Isn't that what every kid dreams of? To be left home alone without the folks and doing whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. 
and Macaulay Corkin is fantastic in it. Uh, uh, Kevin McAllister, my son, he's just four. He watched the first one. Uh, what did he think? Uh, he loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And he, he's going to watch the second one. And tell us about the, you know, the, the producer, the director, the fact that you know, th- this is basically 1980s teen movie royalty. Yeah. So, and I think this is why, you know, you were saying the, the sequel works so well. And I think what happens uh, a lot of times with films is, they hit the jackpot with the first one and then they go, actually, let's change everything up and let's see if we can hit it up, uh, hit the jackpot again with the second one. In this, they had John Hughes and a lot of people might be going, who? But if I say films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if I tell you The Breakfast Club, all of those amazing films. Adventures that, in Babysitting, I think. Oh, what did he do that one too, I think John so. Hughes? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, if, you know, you think of all those 80s great teen movies. John John Hughes was behind it, so he was behind this. Um, and then directing it was none other than Mrs. Doubtfire director, Christopher Columbus. So, not Oh, that's a, it, Christopher Columbus, yeah. Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember John Hughes doing that. But anyway, <laughs> but like the, the two of them together, that's amazing. And then they got this actor who not many people knew, Macaulay Culkin. And he was like the three of them together had this magic that you didn't know if it could happen again. And they got it again. And do you know what they did as well? Yes, they, he was no longer home alone at home, but they did... They gave us everything we wanted to see. Everything we loved about the film in the first, everything we loved about the first yes. film, we got again in the second S- film. Same actors, same characters. Yeah. Pretty much the same storyline. Yeah. New location. Exactly. You know, I, my wife, she'll kill me for saying this. I think she was in Rome and a bus driver said, you look just like Kevin's mum from Home Alone. I think that's a compliment. That's Catherine O'Hara. I, 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 I don't know, you know, but she just paid, you know, that, that, that face, that facial expression. This, <laughs> oh my goodness me, I've left my child behind again. Kevin! Like, it's just... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very irrespons- irresponsible parenting, isn't it? Very irresponsible twice. parenting. Twice. And how do they get away with it twice? And how does... I, I was wondering, how does he get away with it twice? But he is absolutely brilliant. And it's really interesting to hear that, you know, when Macaulay Culkin did the first film, nobody knew who he was. Do you know how much he was paid? And look, this was back in the, was it late 80s, yeah, early 90s? Yeah, it would have been filmed and then yeah. came out in 1990. Yeah. So, you know, $110,000 back then was huge for a nine-year-old to be earning. Fast forward two years later, do you know what he got? No, this how, was how very much? smart. This was very smart because it was a flat fee of $4.5 million, but here's the smart bit, Well, plus 5% of the film's gross Really? Yeah. So that's a brilliant. And, you know, I don't know if he gets a retainer, if he still gets something, because the film, like Friends, it, because of streaming, it's still making money. So, you know, when we think of Christmas, we think the queen of Christmas is no doubt, there's no doubt in anyone's mind, it's Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. The prince I, of Christmas yep. is Macaulay Culkin. That's a really good way of putting it, yes. Isn't he? Yeah, it's he not is. Christmas. Him, he, he ties with Will Ferrell in Elf. But, you know, the two of them. So unless you hear a little bit of All I Want for Christmas and unless you watch Elf and Home Alone. bit of Macaulay Culkin. Then it's not Christmas without those three things. And we're going to play a clip from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Here's a clip. Hold it right there. This is the concierge, sir. I knew it was you. I could smell you getting off the elevator. You was here last night too, wasn't you? Yes, sir. (coughs) I was. You was here, and you were smooching with my brother. <laughs> I'm afraid you're mistaken, sir. Don't give me that. You've been smooching with everybody. Snuffy, Al, Leo, Little Mo with the gimpy leg, Cheeks, Bony Bob, Cliff. <gasps> no, it's a lie. 
I could go on forever, baby. I'm terribly sorry, sir, but I'm afraid you're mistaken. We are looking for a young man. All right. I believe you. But my tummy gun don't. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. On your knees? I love you. You gotta do better than that. I, I love, love you. you. Maybe I'm off my hinges, but I believe you. That's why I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna give you to the count of three to get your lousy, lying, low-down, four-flushing carcass out my door. One, two... Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. Yeah, I mean, just hearing that again, it brings it right back. The liners, the one-liners, it is, it's it is you know, it's very kind of sugary. It's, yeah. it's, it's exciting as well. It's a little bit of danger. And the soundtrack is fantastic. And the music is brilliant as well. And, um, you know, you can't beat the music. I actually had, on the way in here, I had the soundtrack on in my car. No I did. way! And, and there's a lot of choir in there. Uh, there's a lot of classics in there. It's, it's just, um, it's so Christmassy. They did, and I, I, I wish I had the exact statistic, but there's four different versions of this soundtrack that was put out over the years. Really? Because it has been so successful. I'm, you know what I'm going to do when I leave here? Actually, no, I'll continue to listen to you. But after you're off air, Henry. You will celebrate I will, Christmas. I, I, over over yeah. Christmas dinner, we may have yeah. the Home Alone soundtrack <laughs> uh, number two playing out. So you will listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but listen, I, I think when I think Home Alone 2, as I said, it is not my all-time favourite. But when I do think Home Alone 2, I do think Macaulay Culkin, New York. And, and I know I shouldn't because this isn't what the film is all about. I think Donald Trump. Well, this is it. I understand the Canadians actually removed him and Donald wasn't happy. Uh, they took him out. Uh, but but yeah, Donald is in it. He, he's in the, uh, the the Plaza Hotel, isn't he? He is. And he makes a cameo. It's not for very long, but I remember seeing him in it. And apparently Christopher Columbus didn't want it happening. He was going to pull it. So they'd filmed it. And he was like, no, I'm getting rid of it. And remember, this is Donald Trump in the 90s. So he was... He a, was popular then. He, he was, was a Democrat really popular. Then. Yeah, and he was part of, like, The Apprentice. Like, he mm. was a proper celebrity. So when he played it out at the cinema, it got cheers. And oh, Chris really? Columbus went, well... So when they when they were showing it to audiences... You testing know, it. Uh, they liked it. Yeah. And it's just, he just, I think, it's they ask for directions. Am I right yeah. in saying Kevin so, asks for direction? It's very short scene. It's very short. But that, for me, is a scene that stands out. And now, look, after the fact... So Chris Columbus didn't pull it out um, because it got such good reactions. Now, Donald Trump went on to become Donald Trump. And even Macaulay Culkin, a couple of years ago, went, can we pull that cameo there? Now, yes, yeah, but yeah. I don't think it's been pulled. I still think yeah. it's there. From an Irish point of view, the person who really stands out for us, though, is Brenda Fricker, who played the pigeon lady. And she did, and she was coming off the back of the field at my left foot. She won her Oscar, and she was a, and she still is a fantastic actor. And, and you know, she went on and, and did this pigeon lady, and she does it so well. Yeah, and it's not what we expected, but, you know, to see Brenda doing, but she was fantastic in it because she is Brenda Fricker and she can do whatever she wants to do. Here's a clip. So, do you bring your friends up here? I haven't got many friends. Oh, sorry. 
I'm like the birds I care for. People pass me in the street. They see me, but they try to ignore me. They prefer I wasn't part of their city. Yeah, it's sort of like that with my family. I'm kind of the pigeon of the house, just because I'm the youngest. Everyone fights for position. Everybody wants to be seen and heard. I guess so. I'm seen and heard pretty much. But then I get sent to my room a lot too. I wasn't always like this, you know. Oh, what were you like before? I had a job. I had a home. I had a family. Did you have any kids? No. Oh, I wanted them. But the man I loved fell out of love with me. That broke my heart. And whenever the chance to be loved came along again, I ran away from it. No offense. That seems like sort of a dumb thing to do. I was afraid of getting my heart broken again. Talking about the prick pigeons, remember their scenes where um, Harry and Marv have mm. pigeons coming at them and stuff? Yes, brilliant. Yeah, that was really hard for the two actors. And how, you know, because obviously this was before CGI. I mean, mm-hmm. how do they do it? It was coming at them for real. They were real pigeons. They were real pigeons coming at them, and I like that alone would have made me go. I'm. I don't care how much money you're giving me. Yeah. I am yeah. not re-signing I'm not a big for this. Fan no, either. I'm not a big bird fan. Like, don't have yeah. any of the. Birds and can you do the pigeon dance? Obviously, Brazil. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> the World Cup is over now, but Brazil had this great pigeon dance. Can you do it? No. It, they kind of dance like sort of samba pigeons. <laughs> I'd like to see you, maybe when we're off here, will you give me the pigeon dance? <laughs> but like, also, I want to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, all the, the, the merch, the merchandise linked to this movie. I understand uh, that there was something in the film that didn't exist and they, they invented uh, yeah. for, uh, to make money out of, but they actually made it for the film. Yeah, they did. So there's um, this, this talk boy thing that I never... Oh, I remember it, yeah. I never... Talk boy. It was a big thing here in Ireland as mm, well, wasn't it? Yeah. Like 1992 was the year that everyone wanted the talk boy. Mm-hmm. They came up with this idea, they got it made for the movie, and then, as happens in Hollywood, they went, great idea. And it's basically, it was basically a money. tape recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, they did that. There was also a, um, a game, a video game yes, based yeah. on this as well. Like mm-hmm. Home Alone 2. There was more merchandise for Lost in New York than there was for the original. Now, can I just say, like, we're celebrating one and two, Henry. I wouldn't celebrate anything after well, that. this is it. I mean, there, I understand there's quite a lot of them, but I think that Macaulay Corkin retired. I, I know I know he's he's made a, an advert for, for Google in recent years where he recreated um, the house. Brilliant. Um, but, but I'm pretty sure that this was his career. After that, he didn't do much. No, he didn't do much. He starred in Richie Rich. I remember. Oh, do you remember that? that? Like yeah, that. he was in Richie Rich. And he did, yeah, he did a couple of other films, and he was such a great actor. But then, you know, there were there were a lot of family problems as well. Remember, he tried oh, to get. It's very um, hard for a child star. Oh, but but especially when they become the the breadwinner mm. for the family, mm. and that's what he became. He had to become what's the word uh, emancipated when you d- try and divorce your parents. Really? Yeah, he he had to go through all of that stuff as well. So there was a lot. And so, like, they had a plan for Home Alone 3. I'm so glad they didn't go through it. They were going to take it in a different direction. He was going to be a teenager. And then he went, I am done. I'm not doing this. So then they went and cast another kid and they did Home Alone 3. Then they did Home Alone 4. I didn't even know about 4 and 5. I didn't know that there was anything after 2. A take... (laughs) 
you know what? Your world is better off for not knowing it. There's a Home Loan 4 taking back the heist. Uh, sorry, taking back the house. Home Loan 5 is the holiday heist. I don't remember that. Like 2002 was the 4, 2012 was 5. And then last year, I think I said this to you already, was, was Home Sweet Home year. Alone with our very own Ashling B. Great. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Look, it, it was a different story. It, they didn't try recreate, say, he was Kevin McAllister. You know how sometimes they do that where they go different actors playing the same characters? Mm-hmm. It was different, but it was just... There, there's some films like Home Alone, like Elf. Those two films do not yeah, need don't to be mess remade. With them. I mean, no. the sequel was fine. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, and, and it's like, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. That hasn't been redone. Mm-hmm. You don't need it redone because this is what film is supposed to be sometimes. You're allowed to have classics that don't get, don't get touched. Well, happy Christmas. Happy and Christmas, Henry. Here is some brilliant Home Alone music. Serena Bellissimo, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Henry. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. Henry's Christmas Cracker. We're here right up until the top of the hour. We're going to talk about Christmas markets. They've been around on Henry Street, believe it or not, for a hundred years in Dublin. I met some of the traders, and some of those traders have actually been doing it for over 50 years. This is what they had to say. The elf on the shelf, five euro. Ramp paper, two for five euro. So you still do the wrapping paper? We do the wrapping paper. And you're paper. famous for the wrapping paper, well, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> so it's we used to sell the sheets years ago, five for um, 20 pence, but now we do 10 sheets for two euro. So two for five euros. So when you started those We do the rolls ago, at two for five euros. It must have been just a few pennies back then. Yes, it was five sheets actually for 20 pence. Really? Yes. Well, what year was that? Oh God, you're going back 25 years ago. <laughs> Rose, how long have you had a Christmas market stall on Henry Street? Um, well, it was my mum's before me. Now, I have, it's mine actually the last probably um, seven years, but it's over 40 years wow. we're here. So you yeah. give up two weeks of the Christmas to sell your doing four fashion? Weeks, four, four weeks. weeks you do it for? Yes. A whole four weeks. So you've got hats, scarves, you name it. Yeah, we handbags. have lovely presents for the teachers. We have Elf on the Shelf. We've handbags, horses, pyjamas. We've everything. We've Christmas bags, wrapping paper. And why do you do it? It's just a, a tradition that we do every year, and we just love it, you know? Sometimes we don't get any money at all. Sometimes we do. You might do. just break even. Yeah. Because you've obviously got a Now, last year was a good year, um, because of after the COVID and that people start coming back in. So, madam, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your store. 
Hey, uh, I got this doll from my mum. It was my mother's doll. She had it for over 50 years. Uh, she's passed. Yeah. She, she, she's passed on now, and I was walking her from the age of six, so it's a long time down here. I love doing it, you know. I love dealing with the public. And so you've been working on this Christmas store since you were six? Six. six. And your mum used to run years, it? yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why'd you give up those four weeks of December to do this? Because it brings a, uh, it brings a great atmosphere to the town, and we love dealing with the public. And that noise in the background—that's like a what is it? Like a sort of plasticky gum thing? That's it. So yeah, there's loads of noises, but I I don't hear them no more. It just goes through you. <laughs> it just goes through me. Yeah. And what's the atmosphere like this Christmas, Christmas 2022? Oh, the people are coming into town. There's lots of people in town, you know. Yeah, it's been good. And what's your big seller? The biggest seller would be me Santa Windmill spinner. Oh, I can see that it. She's stuff. Santa Windmill. Yeah. They love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Derek Rice. Uh, I was tall in Henry Street. I'm here 45 years. 45 years. So if we go back 45 years, that brings us back to the... 70s, late 70s? Yeah, the late 70s. My father was here before me and then his mother was here before him. So it goes back, like, how many decades now? I go back over 100 years. Really? And you always have a Christmas market stall? Always, yeah, always. And this year, what are you selling? I'm selling Grave Essentials. And are they selling? Oh, yeah, they like this stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Romans is the main one for the graves. Everyone believes in the Romans, supposed to be holy. If you lose one, the robin comes back, and that's the spirit. Is so the, the spirit in the robin. Spirit in the robin, yeah. Yeah. The family, the star's been in my family for generations. My great granny and all had this. Your great granny had it. Great granny had this at the so start. So we're going back what, 100 years? Yeah, easily, easily, easily. You know what I mean? Like with me, when the cheeky Charlies were out and all. You know what I mean? Mine is a cheeky Charlie. What's a cheeky Charlie? Cheeky, Char- cheeky Charlie was a little model. You know what I mean? A little, a little thing, like, like a, a monkey. You know what I mean? A monkey puppet. Yeah. yeah. And a, a lady approached me there the other day, and she said um, that she actually still has one. Really? And I told that it, it should be, it should be actually a collector's item. Wow! It should be a collector's item. Wow. You know what I mean? To have that still today, you know what I mean? Because she brought that nearly 30 years ago. And for you, why do you do it? Why do you come out here banter. in the freezing cold for the on banter. Henry Street in Dublin? For the banter. I love the banter. I love talking to people. We have people come back every year, every year that we haven't seen. And sometimes a lady will come and she'll have three or four kids, right? And what we do is we throw one or two extra bits in, you know what I mean? Are you now taking credit cards? Yeah, Apple Pay? Yes, yeah, but it, 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 it's ruined. It seems to be ruining the thing because it's it's taking the, 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 yeah, the magic out of it, you know what I mean? And I, I, I look, I know, because you have the weight of the money transfers into their phone and from your phone and all, and the machines and all. I, I, don't, I really don't like that, you know what I mean? She wanted, at one stage, the corporation wanted us to have uh, cash registers. Really? 
come on. Like, I mean, how am I supposed to contract everything when I have 14 customers there and I'm trying to, you know what I mean? So they wanted to totally, I suppose, make it like a shop. What are you selling this year? We're selling, yeah, we have hoogie woogies, we have uh, rainbow friends, we have hats, we have neck warmers, we have uh, light-ups for the kids. The the um, the monster munch there, the sandy hats, all all so no stuff for the winter for so the kids. So really modern stuff. Oh, of course, anything that's hot, but you have to be able to jump on it while it's hot. Like I mean, they only came out popular last summer. But yeah, you have to be able to. Some people don't ready. make money. Some people get stuff and they don't sell. sell. You know what and I mean? And they're, and they're stuck with this, even though you're standing in the rain all this time. You're standing in the rain, you're standing in the snow, everything, you know what I mean? But and Christmas morning, what will you do? Christmas morning, I, I, I will sleep. You'll I sleep? I will sleep. Because when I come home at night, my face is red burning. From, right, the from the cold, you know what I mean. From the cold and the wet and all like that. But I love it. I just love talking love to the people. Boss. Yeah, I, it, it, I just love it. I love it. And I, you see all types of people. You see guys standing outside shops waiting on their girlfriends to come out when they come out to have big arguments because they've been in their hours. So you can see all that people watching and see every all the crack. different type. And this year I've noticed so many so special, so many special needs kids. You know what I mean? It's it's great. You know what I mean? Because they all want to touch the colours of the, of the the toys and, and like I mean, and even that, I mean, oh, that touches me. You know what I mean? That touches me. Pauline, how long have you been a street trader? All my life, um, my mother and my grandmother was there before me. So all your life, and I'm noticing you're wearing layers. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six layers on. It's very cold today. For you, why do you do it? But I used to love it. I don't love it anymore. Being honest with you. You don't love it. Why no. Not? It's not the same. Why? The whole atmosphere is not the same. I mean, most street is gone. It's all to do with credit cards and having to have these machines, which we never had. So that makes it harder? Makes it harder, yeah. And do, do the public know you accept these cards? Or do they still think No, it's cash? only if they come along, they just ask, have you got? For me, what's selling this year is the Snuggies, the all-in-ones, four things, you know, for the winter. For so these it's like a, snuggle it's blankets? A snuggle blanket. And you've and, got two for 30. And the Christmas stockings and the hats. And all quite high quality stuff. Bring me back to those glory days back at perhaps in the 60s. They were great days. Them days, like you never got a chance. You were lucky if you got a cup of tea, chance to get a cup of tea. And especially for Halloween, you couldn't sell the stuff quick enough to the people. You just have great crack with the horse coming up the street. Miss all that, really do. I wish you God I had them days back. Hey, I'm Derek. I'm a trader on Henny Street. Derek, how is the Christmas going? What are you trading? What is your Not Christmas bad. market selling? Um, toys and fancy goods and gifts. And how many years have you been doing it? Almost 50. Almost, Almost 50. 50. Next year it'll be 50. And I'm 63. Every year you do this? Every year. So since you were 13? Since I was 13, yeah. Wow. And what does it mean to you? What does having a Christmas yes. market store on Henry Street it's mean? It's a great atmosphere on Henry Street. It creates a great atmosphere. Why do you do it? Why not? And by Christmas Day, you must be. Wrecked. I'd be very tired, yeah. Very, very, very tired. Very, very tired. Yeah, very tired. So, what do you do? Oh, Just chill relax, out. Sleep. Chill out, yeah, yes. Yeah. Have do a good time. People still carry cash or do you, do you no, have a card machine? That's the thing now. Yeah. I've, I take card now. You take a card? You have to. Thanks, Sherrod. Yeah, that's the thing, you have to. 
All right, Esther, see you. So was that another trader? Are you all communicating with each yeah, other? Yeah, Well, happy Christmas. Many happy returns. Henry Street Christmas traders there. Unbelievable. Some of them have been doing that job for 60 years. Just brilliant to be able to hear that excitement. And wrapping paper has really gone, gone up. I mean, it was used to be like 50p, and now it's two for a fiver. Uh, just great to hear all of them. And they're finally relaxing today, Christmas Day. Henry's Christmas Cracker. This is News Talk. I have Tom Dunn in front of me. Happy Christmas. How is your Christmas morning going? Happy Christmas to you. All the better for seeing you. It's been a great Christmas morning. All of the traditions are being met and we'll be jumping in the sea at some point. Really? Well, you're very good to come in. So you would normally do 40-foot Sandy Cove type thing? Try and go down every Christmas day, yeah. I mean, you only you get in and it gets straight back out. There's no, there's no you know, so it's hanging a dip. around. It's, yeah. um, it's a dip, yeah. But, and Swim you, in the summer, dip in the winter. And clothes on, as in you wear trunks. You wear your trunks. You yeah, do. You do, yeah. you do. <laughs> it's a family day. <laughs> no, no, well, look, happy Christmas and thank you so much for coming in. We're going to talk about something quite special here. We're going to talk about uh, a gathering of two unique legends coming together. David Bowie and Bing Crosby, an aging crooner teaming up with a glam rock star, a megastar for this Christmas medley, um, a sort of festive TV sketch back in 1977. Little drummer boy, tell us. Well, it's one of two songs that I find particularly mean a great deal to me. The other is John Lennon's Happy Christmas War is Over. I love So that. that one, you know, let's let's talk about that. Also, you know, they're both your your favorites. Why why do you love why do you love the John Lennon one? I love John. In the Beatles world, John was my guy. You know, at this stage now I've probably gone towards Paul because Paul is just so around. But George was or John was the sharp, edgy, clever guy in the Beatles. He was a bit troublesome you know and that, I really identified with that I loved the whole Yoko thing I loved him and Yoko together I thought they were brilliant mm. and that song I always thought he was able to do really effortlessly what sometimes Paul would maybe struggle to do a little bit and that was just the perfect little hopeful song at Christmas and it was produced by Phil Spector and he got kids in singing on so it so that was like that wall of sound sound yeah and, mm. and it was just it was a really really gorgeous thing and then th- th- this is 1977 we're talking about yep um, same year mm-hmm but with him, 1980, he's dead. You know, mm. so he's dead in a very short time. And I, I remember I was devastated when I heard the news that he was dead. And where were you when you heard the I news? I was in bed. My mother yeah. woke me. John Lennon is oh, dead. Oh, God. And I would still remember, she lit, mm. literally opened me with the words, John Lennon is dead. And no subtlety, no, Tom, we need to talk. Mm. None of, you know, prepare yourself. Just straight straight in there. So that always tugs at my heartstrings. But this also tugs at my heartstrings because um, I was in school and I was getting towards uh, Christmas and you're doing term exams, you're running around like a, a blue arse. Yes. And you're preparing yourself. Yeah. And in the evenings, there weren't many TV stations. So you'd sit and watch whatever was on TV and you, you would gravitate There was no choice. You just no had choice. to, just whatever came on, that was it. Yeah, you'd gravitate towards a music show. Um, so in 77 too, Bowie had released the Low album and he'd released the Heroes album. And I was really, I'd always thought he was great, but in 77 I was starting to think he was like a god. I just mm. couldn't believe these two albums that he had done because punk rock had arrived. Yeah, He was older, he shouldn't have been part of all this, but those two albums, he'd shown punk rock a clear set of heels. He was just imperious. He was magnificent. Yeah. Mm. So I was really, I was on a Bowie high at the time. And then I got in front of the TV and my folks are watching the Bing Crosby show. I knew nothing that was going to happen. Because this was, this was my understanding, it was filmed in um, outside London. It was filmed yeah, in Yeah, apparently it was filmed in September. Yeah. 
in know? September. Yeah. yeah, not that I knew any of that. So of it course, was, it and was... and of course, sometimes some Christmas programmes are, are recorded in advance. Yeah, I know it's hard to they believe. Isn't it? You yeah. wouldn't think that's possible. <laughs> you oh, charlatans. No. So. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying the Bing show. I liked all the mm. kind of showbiz and stuff. And then he's at the piano and the, and the doorbell rings and he goes, no, I'm stirring. It's David Bowie. Now, I nearly grabbed my parents to say, it's David Bowie. Look, look. So you actually David watched Bowie. the show live before we had Sky Plus. You you were yeah. there, you just caught it. I'm there. I'm literally saying, this mm. is the guy I'm always telling you about. It's yeah. the guy I think is brilliant. You know, watch him, watch him. Now, even my mum can see, God, he's a cool dude. You know, apparently he'd been toned down. Apparently he had an yeah, earring show and makeup showed up with and makeup and, and lipstick. And, yeah, and the producers told him to. And he wouldn't fit in with down. Bing. Yeah. Mm. And, and Bing was maybe slightly offended, really, by this very kind of camp guy, yeah. really. Mm. It was um, a very so conservative he, time. I'm saying, comes in and the two of them go to the piano. You're kind of wondering what's going to happen next. <laughs> but what happened next was very obvious chemistry. Mm. You know, you could you see. Did, you could feel that chemistry you coming could, through the yeah. telly. You could see the mm. Bowie went into his kind of, I better concentrate to sing. Bing went into his, I better concentrate and yeah. sing. So it's like the two of them are kind of go, this guy's Kind good. of squaring up to yeah, each this other. this guy's good. This yeah. guy's good, you know. So the song is beautiful and mm. the little drummer boy thing is, is an mm. old classic. Mm. But the, the new piece I only found out years later had been written by producers who I think Bowie's people were saying, what's he going to do? Because and I understand Bowie didn't actually like Little Drummer Boy. He no, was he like, didn't. Ah, this is not my favourite Christmas song. A bit yeah. like yourself, it's, you know, it's one of your favourites. Yeah. And, mm. and so you were saying like, oh, I want something a bit fresher. So mm. the producers, who did, weren't songwriters, yeah. but they were just, you know, as most producers are, able to turn their hand to anything, were down <laughs> in the studio uh, yeah. beneath where they were recording, there was a piano. And they were bashing around the piano saying, we need to do something else. So they wrote the other little bit. The piece on Earth bit. Oh, over the course of just a few wow. hours. Really? Which is the that making quickly? of it. Yeah, it's the making oh, of wow. it. Oh, wow. So I have to admit, I thought I was seeing the most special thing mm. that I'd ever seen in the history of the universe. And it was like two worlds to come together. My parents' world yeah. and my world. And, and Bowie of was like course. the future coming together. So you had, you had glam rock and swing together. Yeah. You had something, yeah. you had an alien coming in the front door <laughs> to Bing's world. And, and it made a huge impression on me. It really did. But I see in years later that it got one of the biggest TV audiences of all time. It was up there with the moon landings for a while. Really? Yes. So that, 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 that And it was, you know, on uh, UK television. Unbelievable. Yeah, it went around the world. And it was, it it went, it was syndicated. Yeah. Unbelievable. That is something and, and else. And to this day, it just has a little magic to it that I just feel, no matter what's going on or how often you've heard it or how hackneyed you may feel Christmas is, it has, it has whatever the spirit... There's something magical is, about it. Just, yeah. And even, you know, watching the, the video, because I understand MTV helped make it popular again. And five years later, it took for it to actually be released as, as a track and then yeah. it became even bigger again but j- just a month afterwards um, Bing was, was dead uh, by October he was Hard gone to believe, isn't his, it? his last his last uh, yeah. contribution to the world Hard of music it's like he was given the baton on to, to, yes. to Bowie it's, a, it's you know? a really good way of putting yeah. it um, they're, they're your audience now David yeah um, yeah and, and for you I mean we're gonna we're gonna play it now is there any other magical I suppose memories you want to bring us well, that was 77, you know, and, and Bowie in 77 is something that will live with me forever. And I think the three albums he released, he released Lodger, which is part of this German trilogy a year afterwards, and they they defined Bowie for me. They were just the most magical time. I was doing exams. I was listening to Dave Bowie lying on the ground with a speaker beside each ear before headphones were invented. Wow. Or so before I knew headphones stereo. existed. Yeah. I would lie on the floor. And this was 45 years ago. Yeah. Well, I'd lie, on, 45. lie on the floor of my parents' house with a speaker beside each ear 
and listen to and you do, it just, you just shows you how much you love music yeah. well thank you so much uh, for uh, coming in happy Christmas happy and get Christmas back to, you, to the Henry. family Henry's Christmas Cracker on News Talk <laughs>